my jacket just now. Sorry about that. Uh, that was Lori McKenna, and the song was The Bird in the Rifle from her album, The Bird in the Rifle. And that song uh, it gives me the chills every time I hear it. Before that, we heard Susan Vega uh, with Lover Beloved from her Lover Beloved songs from an evening with Carson McCullers' album, and that song was co-written by Duncan Sheik. We also heard The Flaming Lips uh, with The Sound of Failure, Kevin Morby with the Dead, They Don't Come Back, uh, Robert Lester Folsom with April Suzanne from his Music and Dreams album. It's been a few weeks since we've heard Robert Lester Folsom, and I think that's a few weeks too many. And at the start, we heard Chop Suey by Casey Shea. All right, you're listening to Song and Bone at Radio Valencia.fm, and uh, yeah, I'm going to make some more noise with my jacket. My apologies again. Uh, up next... Uh, we're going to hear from Israel Nash, and uh, thank you, Jody, for turning me on to his music a couple of years back. Um, if you haven't checked him out, the album Israel Nash's Silver Season is a spectacular album, and here's a cut from that album. Enjoy.
it's it's more hull actually. Hull. Hull. As in hulls. Huh? Andy Warhol. Andy Warhol. Like hull. hull.
Yay, that was Deer Hunter with Spring Hall Convert. We also heard David Bowie from the Hunky Dory album uh, with the track Andy Warhol. Before that, we heard The Splinter Angelic by South San Gabriel. And a classic from Charlie Rich, The Most Beautiful Girl. And we also, uh, just before that, heard once again The Flat Five, a little supergroup from Chicago, Illinois, that I could nerd out over, but, well, look them up. And the track was Blue Kazoo. Um, Pardon me, I lost my place. Uh, Let's see, we also heard from Wilco. We heard the song Hummingbird, and at the top we heard, once again, Israel Nash with A Coat of Many Colors. You're listening to Song and Bone at RadioValencia.fm. Hope you're having a relaxing morning, and I hope the music is helping. All right. Uh, This is a song that uh, I have loved for some years now. Let's see, it came out in 1997, believe it or not. It is... Buffalo Daughter, and the track is Daisy. Enjoy.
Meet the street floor, I'm free form on fly. Can't nobody hold me except moi. Don't nobody know who gets to ride. Losing control from the driver's side. Oh, little did we know we were home the whole time. Highs with the lows and the lows with the highs. From the seed to the fruit, from the vine to the wine, from the tree to the root to the child inside.
Yeah. 
That was Megapus, a collaborative project between Devendra Bonhard, Gregory Rogov, Fabrizium Reddy, and Nora Georgeson. Uh, let's see. And the track was Another Mother. We also heard Polaroid with the track Changed Up, um, The Gutty Side of Town by Gangs, and if you were hearing an intermittent electric buzzy sound, it's actually an effect of the song. Uh, there's nothing wrong with your equipment. Let's hope. Uh, just before that, we heard Shintaro Sakamoto with Don't Know What's Normal, Asher Roth with the track Pot of Gold, and at the top, Buffalo Daughter with Daisy. You're listening to Song and Bone at RadioValencia.fm. We've got about half an hour left and a lot of good music. So, uh, yeah, up next, uh, New Zealand sexy man, Conan Moccasin. This is a track that I absolutely love. I've probably heard it a hundred times, and it still sounds fresh. This is on the man that will find you. Yeah. 
Relax, trembling peacock. No, I wasn't born to rock. Oh, I was just plain born. And then I kinda grew. And then, well, Vancouver made me. I guess it's true. Sire to the House of Lords. Stays they call 'em cohort boards, and now it's in my royal blood to vote and vote and vote and vote on things that never change. God's give and God's give our gifts away. Settle down, trembling peacock. No, I wasn't sent to rock you. Oh, I just kind of came, and then I withdrew, and then, well, I guess the rest you already knew. Sired to the House of Lords on the day they declared it bankrupt, and conquers lands paid tribute to the ships of your skirt, children at play. Of a dove is complex. I'm telling ya, lovers of the air beware. But for us, it's real simple. Look, shot through with arrows, a chest full of sparrows gonna show you.
That was Tumbling Down by Venus and Furs uh, from the Velvet Goldmine album. Before that, we, hold, we heard Told Slant with Green Nail Polish. And uh, we also heard Ben Sidron with It Don't Pay to Worry Like That. Uh, we also heard a great song from Philip Wusu. Uh, the track was Good Night. Uh, we also heard, God, I'm repeating myself anyway, we heard Destroyer with Trembling Peacock and at the top again, Conan Moccasin with I'm the Man That Will Find You. You're listening to Song and Bone at Radio Valencia.fm. It's a few minutes before the end of my show. And stay tuned for Pure Pop for Queer Lovers, which is up next and always fantastic. Uh, I'm going to say goodbye uh, with Brian Fairy Tune, and I think we'll be fading out on a song from Loving. Anyway, until next week, take good care of yourself. Bye-bye.
But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's our cash car. When it's two. When it's two o'clock on a Wednesday, you know what time it is. It's time to talk about what people believe in, what makes them tick, why we're on this planet. Some call me Tim. Here on Mutiny Radio, I am joined today by comedian. Sommier, bearded dude, Kelly Evans. Hi. Hello. How's it going? Hi. Also, great radio voice. Excited to have you here. <laughs> Why? Thank you. Some call me Tim. Uh, the reason we call the show we, as in me, as in the Queen. The reason I call the show Some Call Me Tim is from Monty Python and the Holy Grail, mm-hmm. and the Enchanter, and they say, "What is your name? What is your quest? What is your favorite color?" And then the guy's like blowing things up. <laughs> And then they say, some call me Tim. So that's why the name of the show, because people seem to be in search for the meaning and the answer to life and all this kind of stuff. And I'm interested in why people stay alive and why, what they believe in their afterlife and how they were raised and are they moral and what is morality and yeah. blah, 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 and whatever you believe in. I mean, we had a guy in here who talked... Warhol Kaufman talked for cons- about conspiracy theories for 60 minutes. He talked oh. about why the moon landing is false. And I was like, all right, if that's what you believe in, buddy, I'm going with you. Let's go. All right. That's, yeah. Take the Alternative. Train. <laughs> yeah. Someone last night tried to uh, convince me of the uh, the flat earth theory. And I was Holy like, shit. I was like, girlfriend, I love you, but you got to get off that cocaine, okay? Yeah, <laughs> it's you know, like, I just don't, I don't get that. I don't understand I don't how that happens. Earth. I mean, please. We People know are looking for something right. to believe in so much, you know? Or not believe it, you know? Yeah. Like, when reality is this terrifying, I think some people just want to question it all, you know? And so that's where stuff like that comes up. Like, sure. you just, you look at the world around you and it's confusing. And so you're like, all right, well, it's just, let's, I want simpler answers. And the simplest answer is I'm being lied to. It's a conspiracy. The simplest answer is I'm being lied to. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 like a renunciation sure. of complexity, which I think was why there's like an anti-science movement in this country, you know? It's just easier. It's like an easier solution to say that, uh, you know, uh, it's flat earth and, you know, with almost, like, I, the, the, I don't know, the reasoning behind it is very questionable and kind of simplistic, uh, Versus facing the reality that science is complicated, that scientists don't really know uh, everything, and that part of science is experimenting and finding out new things that are uh, maybe somewhat frightening, like the atomic bomb, things like that. Well, things fall at 9.8 meters per second squared, and we call it gravity, but why? It's like, because we're tilted on this axis at this certain degree, and we're spinning this one direction as this going around this other thing, like that there's the concept of like orbital science and mass, and I mean, it's all very heady stuff, but people have figured it out, and I I guess they figured it out. Maybe we're all just lying to each other. We're like, "Eh, I think I figured it out. Could all be a simulation. How much? Oh, right. All right, Matrix. So usually 
Kelly Evans, I ask people to look deep into the eyes of Sparkle Jesus, and I ask you first, mm-hmm. do you believe in Jesus? Uh, as a person, yes. As a divine person, no. He was a guy who walked the earth. Yeah. He's a guy that was there who had, uh, you know, maybe some strong philosophical ideas at a time when uh, there were two very potent power structures between uh, the Hebrew uh, organized religion and the Roman uh, military. And you know, Interesting. He was a pacifist. He brought out new ideas about that we should all get along. The poor man is king, you know, which right. are all really enticing if you have a boot on your neck. And so, sure. you know, you got to think like uh, I heard a comedian recently talk about, like, oh, is Neil Brennan talking about how um, like we killed him <laughs> and he's like his ideas weren't even that complex it's like treat other people like you want to be treated like that seems like a really obvious idea so i mean it's understandable that people would want to make him define i mean and th- they went to great lengths to make him seem more magical than he really was i mean the romans at the time they were really brutal crucifixion is a horrible way to die not yeah. just because it and a lot of people are confused they're like well they put the nails in jesus hands and feet and then they hung them on a cross that right. wasn't the stuff that kills you in crucifixion you suffocate because of the way that you're hanged they even give you a little foothold yep. so that you can sort of be alive for a little bit until you're not strong enough and you give up and then you asphyxiate yep. your lungs like collapse on itself and that you take a breath and then you let it out and you can't take in another breath yeah and so you people died horrible deaths. Horrible for no for for what reason? Because someone stole something? Yeah. Because, like, or I mean, I think burning is also a pretty bad right. way to Drawn go. Drawn and quartered. Oof. Have you heard what that is? Yeah, they put horses on one. Oh, it's more than that. They do like they cut out your entrails. They keep you alive. They hang you. They cut you up. They, it's like it's like uh, everything you could possibly do to a person. I thought and it then, was when they tied a horse to each one of your extremities, and then the horses ran in different directions. That's what I thought too. But that's like a small part of it. It's much more. They like cut out your heart while you're still alive. Like it's really, it's very intense. <laughs> I mean, but it wasn't even for like human sacrifice. We get all down on the Aztecs for making walls of, you know, human skulls and shit and yeah. and for doing human sacrifice and yet they were at least killing people for a purpose. Like it was to make the sun god. Yeah. Right. To them, to yeah. make the crops go and to make everybody live. You had to kill some people. There's part of religion right there. <laughs> right, right. But that's like the basic, but then, but when we, when we kill people in such a horrific fashion, like what we did to the witches or what we, what we did to traitors or, I mean, the, all that stuff, all of those torture devices that were used yeah. in the, the Catholic church was using torture devices against not only witches, but Muslims yeah. during the crusades. And they would, I mean, the Iron Maiden is like a thing with spikes in it that Ugh. you put it. It's like a helmet with spikes in it that they put on your head. So you're like, or in your whole body, you get inside it. And it's like, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, so I was actually yeah. thinking about this outside, kind of talking about uh, the horrible things that we do to one another uh, <laughs> for whatever reason. And, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about religion like, uh, oh, well, religion's caused so many wars or religion has caused uh, so much order for society. And I was like, I think religion was just one way to do it. I mean, I, I, it's not like if we didn't have religion, we wouldn't find some other reason to torture or kill each other. It would be over land or some whatever. You know, we found plenty of ways, you know, to to do that and it you know i would say overall in the last couple hundred years um like worldwide violence has been reducing poverty has been reducing it's still a long way to go obviously um but like in a time when i think religion is on a decline 
kind of globally, you know what I mean? In some respects. Like, there's a scientific element that kind of dominates society more. At least Western At least society. Western, sure. I, I, I can agree with the... There aren't as many. Well, and also, we're in San Francisco, so it's impossible to tell what's really, like, the, the pulse of people's moralistic standpoint. Oh, I try to read world news, which is, once again, like, who knows what you're really getting. Well, yeah. and when you have a moralistic standpoint, it's like, where are you coming from? And for me, I try to keep it deeply personal, but a lot of times... It somehow gets extended into something somebody else is doing is evil, but is it really any of your business? Like, why are we calling out the, it's the biblical thing, of why t- uh, take the plank out of your own eye before you remove the speck of your brother's eye? You know, you're yeah. like, I mean, I get that, hey, you got something over there on your face, and it's like you got this huge thing in your face. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's a, a theme you see is, you know, uh, you know, those who live in glass houses shouldn't cast stones. Um, but, you know, regarding judging others, I, kind of getting into a different territory, uh, I'm a utilitarian by nature, so I think greatest good for the greatest amount of people, which unfortunately means some people lose out. That does happen. But, you know, more people win. I don't want to say use the term winning. I hate that term. More people uh, are able to kind of thrive in life uh, than uh, with any other possible way that we know of. So if you had that age-old question of you've got one person on the tracks and if you can flip the switch either that one person dies or the entire train dies you're killing the one person yeah well if it's someone you know let's say your mom's on the tracks or there's a train full of you there's a thousand people on a train yeah well there's and you can either kill your mom or you can you can kill your mom and have the thousand people live, or you can have the train derail and keep your mom. What do you choose? Yeah, well, uh, there's two ways that that question is asked. It's like the one is, you know, like my mom's on the tracks, and uh, if I do nothing, then she'll get run over. But if I move the switch, then the train full of people will go off a cliff or something. And the other way that they phrase that is, um, like, you can stop the train <laughs> theoretically by pushing somebody in front of it. Um, and then save all those people, but you would intentionally murder someone uh, oh. to do it. So that's that's the it's well I hate the save your mom. It's the fat man in the trolley is what it's called. It's sure. a moral uh, dilemma. Uh, anyway, it, theoretically, there's this gigantic man that would be able to stop this train and say, anyway. I'm a sizist, so I say kill that fat fucker. <laughs> <laughs> I would. Uh, I mean, as far as like if my mom's on the tracks, you know, uh, I love you, mom, but I, you know, I got it's it's a hard decision it's to make. For the, it's for the it's for the thousand people. But a thousand people is a lot of people that die just for one. I mean, I would make that sacrifice myself, you know. If I'm on the tracks, I would not expect anybody to save my life and dispel of, you know, another thousand individuals. I mean, even maybe, five more people. You maybe know? that's the most moralistic answer to the story is push your mom out of the way and have yourself die. The yeah. self, the sacrifice. That's what Jesus would do. There you go. And then he'd turn the other cheek. He'd Amen. resurrect and he'd do it again. <laughs> I don't have that ability. No, though. I don't want to do any. Or maybe we do. Uh, I mean, who knows? Only one way to find out, right? Right. <laughs> like the afterlife is just. It, I mean, that that collectively we all sort of, and we don't all sort of want to believe in an afterlife. There's so many different religions that choose, you know, different scenarios for what happens after our earthly demise. And I don't fucking understand. I don't know what happens to. I I mean. Consciousness is weird because I sleep a lot. And yeah. I'm unconscious and I've drunk a lot. 
Oh. But my yeah. body's still awake and going when I'm drunk. I just don't. My my brain's not creating memories. So where did I go? Well, that, was that, I there? Right. This is an interesting idea. I think about this a lot because I'm I'm honest. To be honest, I'm terrified of death at this point. I'm getting more comfortable with it uh, as I get a little bit older. Uh, but. I'm just I, it's and it's not so much being dead. It's like the transition that scares me, you know. Right, right. And then like where where is the line? Like if I get hit by a car and then I lose like a good portion of brain functioning, like am I still me? Like what happens to me? Like what what is that? You know. Mm. And then so I you know I would consider myself uh, God I I a deist probably. I believe that there's some sort of creative force in the universe, but there's no possible way we could ever understand it or if there is an intention. I mean. Intention is something that we assign to will, which I just don't know if that's really applicable in this situation. Anyway. So intelligent design. You believe in intelligent design. You think that there's something out there that is a created the cogs that make the wheels turn. I believe in evolution. I believe in science. I believe in the Big Bang. But I believe that uh, there's some sort of force behind that, you know? And But what that is, I have no idea. So a I would, giant I would, black hole. Yeah, could be that. Yeah, could be that. Could be. I mean, the thing is, there's so much that we don't understand about the world around us, physical reality. Like this is, we have like a sliver of perception of what's really going on, and to think that like we could understand like the forces behind that are at work, it just makes no sense. Now, when people assign will to that is like that's what you want. Sure. Which you know, people use that for different reasons. Some of them are productive, I guess. Well. That, that makes me think about projecting your own will. That's like Satanism kind of stuff, like whatever you believe is real and you, anything you create, you, like selfishness is the ultimate goal because you mm-hmm. ultimately have to serve yourself and rather than the, rather than the group of the whole. Do you, find, do you find yourself in your life trying to, thinking about service and thinking about helping other people or, or do you feel more like you're taking care of yourself and that's, that's it, that's all you need? I think it varies on the day, you know. I, I, I want to try to help others in whatever way I can and the moments that I have an opportunity. But, uh, yeah, I mean, taking care of yourself is a struggle. You know, I'm, you know I don't have, like, a really uh, great safety net, you know. Like, I don't have a rich family or uh, anyone I can kind of go back home. Like, and I'm not going back to Texas, so <laughs> I refuse back. to do that. You know, not going back. So, you'd yeah, need a, yeah. you need a, a costume. You'd need a MAGA hat. You'd, you'd have to <laughs> yeah, shave. I'm going undercover. Yeah, you'd have to shave your beard or make it bigger and you'd have to get a MAGA yeah. hat and uh, Zach Wiseman uh, is in the house hey, he looks Zach. like he has something to say nope okay. all right he's good just to gonna see come you. sit gonna hang down out. good to see you hey hello uh so are you uh are you in a relationship with any people are I you am single? actually you yeah. are so you do think about other people on a on a yeah basis. no no, no. and that's what I'm saying relationships like, you're in you know I, I guess what I'm trying to differentiate between is like the small things I can do. Like I, uh, I periodically have conversations with, uh, you know, a group of people that I'm friends with, and like if somebody's down or there's some sort of conflict, I want to try to help out to resolve that and like get everybody to get along, and you know, so we can all be the great people that we are without getting hung up on like small things that don't really matter in the long run. Uh, Voice so, of reason, Kelly Evans, uh, dropping in like an angel. <laughs> so, I don't know if I'd go that far. All right. Anyway, uh, but like. As far as the world at large, like, uh, admittedly, am I uh, volunteering at a homeless shelter? No, I could do more. You know, I could. And I feel that. And, you know, honestly, I do feel guilty sometimes that I don't do more. I think that you should really go on a pilgrimage into the Tenderloin and find that person with a space bag and take away that space bag of Franzia and replace it with a nice 97 Clodeval. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. You can take the Franzia That's... out of their hand and you can replace it with even, you know, like... Doing God's work. Doing God's work. Giving them the better wine. You know what I mean? Like... It's the blood of Christ. It's the blood of Christ. It's the blood of Christ. <laughs> what year's the blood? Uh, yeah, it's what year's the blood? You know? mm. was, that, was that a good year? I Hey, I like sure. 95 was a really great year for Claude Duval Cabernet. I enjoyed it nice. very much. It's an expensive bottle. It's good stuff. Yeah. It's a long time ago now. Shit is pricey. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I love that. But you know, here's here's my special deal. This is somebody on the bacon the other day was like, Sue, when you're going to Napa, like, tell me some wine. Oh, it was broke ass Stewart. Tell me some wineries that you like really like to go to in Napa. And I said, the downtown Napa Safeway. <laughs> That's exactly where you fucking go. Every time I go to Napa, I don't actually go wine tasting anymore yeah. because I went to Clodeval a long time ago and I had two free. Pa- One of our buddies had passes from something. And so we, they were like fifty dollars. It's like fifty bucks to taste there now, right? And then they give you like a discount on your bottle of wine or whatever. But the, it was a fifty-two dollar bottle of Cabernet, and and then we went to Safeway, and the same exact bottle, same exact vintage was thirty-two. And if you bought six bottles of any wine, you got twenty percent off. So you could wow. logistically fuck the wineries go to go to the Safeway in the middle of Napa and right next door yeah. is the BevMo and you can actually have a fun time it's actually a fun afternoon because not yeah. only do both places have wine tastings they have extensive extensive selections and then you can compare prices from store to store and actually get the better deal yeah yeah and okay. it's great stuff okay I'm sorry uh, no 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 good. I just want to add something to this because this is something I do as a career uh, or as a job whatever you want to look at it as um, I think it's like Napa god Napa is like such a weird microcosm of a very large world of wine and I don't want people to think it represents like how most wine is produced because like most wine in the world you know you go to like some small producer it's their house you know it's like what their family's been doing for a long time you know they're kind of scraping by they're not making tons of money they're down to earth people they'll invite you in they'll feed you some charcuterie you know they'll pour some awesome wine that's like you know whatever they have around and that's how you know it's not bougie it's not like you know kind of ridiculous uh i think there's just been so much money infused in napa that it's like now the only people who have wineries or can buy wineries there now are like ceos of doritos or former tech millionaires and so you get that in there and then you know money changes a lot of things sonoma's a little better depending on where you go especially if you get out to the coast like you just there are good people out there that's why i don't really like pursue the career with that much force anymore is because it's like i just don't want to wade through all the kind of uh ridiculous uh myopic like uber rich people that like sure. that's all that they're just kind of like oh oakland is scary why would you go there yeah, like, right well dry creek valley i always enjoyed very much and healdsburg kind of the northern sonoma e areas yeah, yeah. yeah why what but what but i almost i almost got into selling wine in my early 30s uh being a wine merchant for a large distributor what what made you go and I love fucking wine, but what made you go like, yeah, this is what I want to do. I want to, I want to be a sommelier. Uh, ooh, yeah. I, you know, I've been the type of person that takes a little bit of a backstory. The type of person who's like, I've, I float around between a lot of things. Like, what do I want to do? You know, like in college, of course, like a lot of people, I pursued a lot of different interests. Uh, I was originally working towards a degree in political science and history, and <laughs> wanted to work. Make money someday. So you dumped that shit. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Some people actually are idealists. At least I was an idealist at the time. You know, I want. I know, I know. <laughs> he booed at you me. You got a boo. Uh, I got a boo. Uh, 
It, but you know, like I was insane. I was really like, if you talked to me, like you would have been like, you are way too intense. Like you got to calm down a bit, because uh, I was about like, history and politics and about, about yeah, civil and, like, rights changing and... the world and like that. You know, the economic structure is not fair to people. Having you know grown up in a household that you know struggled with debt, especially, and then you know buying food and whatever. Um, you know, like it's a personal thing for me, and so I felt like, as an intelligent person, it was my responsibility to like sacrifice my own happiness in order to help others. But you know, well, that's you, very Jesus-like. Yeah, it's a bit extreme at the time. Uh, but I, oh, I you but can't. That's su- so nice. You were trying yeah. to save everybody. But it's I, you can't sustain that because I wasn't happy, and I was eating, I was popping Vicodins like Tic Tacs, oh. and so I had a problem. You know, you were and, giving so much of yourself that you weren't giving yourself anything. Exactly, I crashed and burned, and and then I went back to the restaurant industry because I've worked in and out of the restaurant industry since I was 18 and uh, yeah you know I just like after kind of like basically hitting rock bottom and like dissolving my identity you know I was like rebuilding that I kind of stumbled into it and you have to uh, back up what happened there you, uh, I mean where, what is rock bottom for you were you it was the Vicodin was the opiates uh, it went way further than that I won't get into too much detail but let's just say like I burned through like 10,000 in about six months that's like a lot of my student loan money that I took out wow. I uh, I like had a falling out with some friends that kind of like basically in between that and like but it was drugs it wasn't gambling or something like that no it was drugs it was, it was drugs. drugs yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, which because you were trying to escape from something yeah, I would say, I mean, like a lot of people, I think that's the case, you know, I just wanted to feel good. I think, especially with opiates, it started as, like, I have anxiety problems, and uh, it started as the one thing, I was like, oh, wow, that just, like, I'm not anxious at all, I'm sure. comfortable, I can talk to people, I'm friendly, I'm fun, like, just things are popping off the top of my head, you know, like I should be able to do when I can, like, ease my uptightness, um, and then it just, then... I, because of what was happening in my life and realizing that I didn't want to pursue this career in politics, I didn't like the people that I was quote-unquote friends with. Um, I realized that they weren't really going to have my back. And then, like, a longtime friend kind of betrayed me for a girl that I dated in high school. Like, high school love story, whatever. You're just a drama magnet. I know, I know. Yeah, well, you know, that's, I guess, my personality. Uh, I am an Aries. Oh, okay. (laughs) I don't know what that means. Um, But, uh, yeah, so, you know, just everything kind of, like, clicked in at the same point and I just went off the deep end and I had some I had a couple people that I used to work with who were like kind of in that world and so I went very very deep and uh, uh, went to jail very <gasps> briefly really yeah I got deferred adjudication luckily enough um, I still have an arrest on my record but I can get it expunged I'm telling a lot right now yeah you are hey I have hey. I've been arrested ain't no shame in the game no, I, no, 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 I yeah. had a DUI I mean there's there's all kinds of things yeah. happen. But I still had, uh, you know, it was. It took like another year before I really like, you know, my mom had a brain aneurysm and I realized like I may have Whoa. to be responsible. I have a little sister too. So I was like, I maybe have to be responsible for another person. Sure. Like I need to get my shit together. Oh, aneurysms are so weird. They come out of nowhere. One of my buddies, crazy. One yeah. of my buddies was 42 and he died of an aneurysm. He was alive and then his wife found him dead. Nothing, no change. He just, she came home and he was slumped over his computer and she was like, oh. Yeah, it was, he was gone, and there was no. And the doctor said there was nothing she could have known. There's nothing they could have done. He had just been to the doctor two months ago. They didn't see anything. Nothing was anything. It just happens. Yeah, it's like this crazy silent killer, and you're like, what? Like, yeah. maybe it's a good way to go though, because it's so quick. It's like all of a sudden, poof, you know, the big bright light comes. You see God, and you're gone. Yeah, yeah, you know, it was uh, my sister's birthday, and like. <gasps> 
I was outside smoking a cigarette, and then uh, we were at her friend's house, and they're like, hey, something's wrong with your mom, and I come in, and she's on the ground, uh, went to the hospital, had brain surgery, all that, and they said, out of the type of uh, uh, aneurysm she had, like, 50% of people die immediately, and then, like, out of those people that make it, 50% of people have major traumatic brain injuries because um, it's called because a brain aneurysm is another word for a stroke yeah well it's it's similar it's a brain bleed essentially uh, you know so you get blood on your brain which you're not supposed to have supposed and then that causes that. you to uh, it basically shuts a bunch of shit down so sure. um which can vary depending on where it happens in your brain. Uh, but yeah, whereas uh, a stroke is a blockage, so you're not getting oxygen to that portion oh. of the brain. So that's why it's easier. More people survive strokes typically than aneurysms. Uh, not, I don't know exact numbers on that, because but I'm not the, a doctor. Right, because <laughs> of your blood seeping through yeah. all your little cranial bits. Yeah, anyway, but so, so uh, you know, that kind of like forced me into a perspective where I was like, all right, I'm an adult. I need to act like an adult. I need to get my shit together. And like, I'm hurting everyone else around me so i got clean i started working at a restaurant did you kinda... use jesus to get clean no no not no. at all what I about 12 step program do not like the 12 step program. no you were like no. fuck it no higher power fuck the higher power i it's can do this even... on my own i mean this part... is me problem i'm not submitting to a higher power i'm not going to say i'm powerless to drugs i'm going to say i do have power against drugs and i'm going to make choices to not do them anymore that's a big so part it's, of it. it's kind of like the opposite of aa yeah that's a big part of aa that bothered me in na was that you have to submit it's a submission yeah, that's the very first step is you have to admit that you're powerless over the or the drug has power yeah. over you and you are a powerless human being and uh, choose exactly. one. Exactly. I think your your power ranges depending on the, the day of the week. I think some days you are <laughs> in control and some days you're not. And it's your job to be aware when you're slipping and then just do whatever you can to prevent you from making the wrong decision in that moment. Peanut Gallery Zach Wiseman has a comment about drugs. Uh, never stop doing them. This guy's a loser. Not kidding. <laughs> uh, no. I think a lot of drug problem comes with from like uh, not teaching people coping mechanisms and um, yeah. that submission to like a higher power thing isn't necessarily like I didn't understand this for a long time because uh, it they push it as God yeah. but like uh, I do a lot of hallucinogens so I understand it in that fashion like and also so did the uh, the whoever the founders of AA they were very uh, yeah. acid guys and it's like uh, it's realizing that you're a fucking puny thing and that these problems are kind of minuscule. It's like a framing thing, more or less, you know? And I don't think... I mean, you don't need a God thing, but it is, it's is—it's good for your mental health for whatever reason. Yeah. To have a God thing? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's good for your mental health to have a God thing? Yeah. I think for that real. varies. I think it varies person to person. I, 